Um, I wonder how much cake you've all eaten the last few days. Uh, we started on Wednesday at the coffee morning with lots of cake, and I said I wouldn't have any. Three pieces of cake later, I was um, looking for a fourth, but decided against it. Um, there's lots of cake being eaten in the celebration of Her Majesty's Platinum Jubilee. I dare say some of you may well be eating some more cake tonight at some more street parties. Hopefully it's not going to be too much soggy. And in some ways, um, as I've said, I almost feel like I should have bought cake along this morning for another celebration, another birthday celebration. As I said, today marks the birthday of the church. Whit Sunday or Whit Sunday. Um, Pentecost as we now call it, it got its name from the fact that it was White Sunday and a day traditionally when lots of people were baptised wearing their white robes. It's a kind of high celebration in the church marking when the Holy Spirit was pointed out the birthday of the church. Um, and on this Pentecost Sunday we've been singing some hymns and, and shortly we're going to worship with the hymn Come Holy Ghost Our Souls Inspire. It's, it's a kind of almost a ninth century chant that's used we're going to use it in a different way this morning. I should just also say thank you to Carol, who always picks the hymns, looks at the readings, works out where we're on the calendar, always picks these little hymns. So a big thank you to you, Carol, for that. Um, this particular hymn, we're going to use a little bit differently today um, for reasons that I should explain in a moment. My suggestion is normally we have the sermon, then we have a creed, then we have the piece, and at the end of the piece we have a hymn while I prepare for the for communion. But today I'm going to suggest that at the end of my sermon, we're going to listen to this piece of music together, this hymn together. Um, it's quite a reflective piece of music, and I think we might lose the words if we're trying to sing along to it. So I want to encourage us to stay seated and again use it as a bit of a prayer to reflect on this particular hymn. Why is that? Well, this hymn was sung at the Jubilee, at the coronation, I should say, some 70 years ago, and it's a significant hymn in many ways. Let me read some of the words, the first verse and the last verse. Come, Holy Ghost, our souls inspire, and lighten with celestial fire. Thou the anointing spirit art, who dost thy sevenfold gifts impart. Teach us to know the Father, Son, and thee of both, to be but one, that through the ages all along this may be our endless song. Praise to the eternal merit, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. So we're going to listen to that hymn in a few moments. This hymn is particularly relevant, I think, on Pentecost Sunday, along with the other hymns, but particularly because it was sung by the Archbishop and then the choir, just before the laying on of hands and then the anointing with oil of the Queen at the ceremony. Um, it's, a, it's a real, I mean, like many things in the Church of England, I mean, the fact that I'm wearing these ridiculous Victorian robes is part of that. Sorry, for some of you, these glorious Victorian robes. Just put whatever bit you want to in there. Um, it's a piece of high theatre, and the Church of England, of course, is very good <laughs> at high theatre. Um, and as we saw yesterday, um, for the Queen, pageantry and celebration, it's, it's good at those sorts of things, and, and at the service at Westminster. I don't know, did, any, was anyone, did anyone watch the coronation? That's a question that's almost rude to ask, but does anyone remember watching the coronation? Yeah. few of you. Did you get to see it on a television? You were there. Oh, come on, Anne, that's just a great one. <laughs> oh, well, you, you happened to be there in London. Fantastic. Oh, were you? On the television? 
I mean, lots of people I know talk to my parents, you know, and everyone says, oh, we didn't have a television, but old Rich Brian down the road had one and 40 of us gathered around this kind of little square. And often people gathered around someone else's television. It was the first time it had been televised, obviously. For many, the first time, in fact, they'd watched television. It was a piece of high drama, but there was one part that was specifically chosen not to be filmed. Many of you may know, in fact, Churchill didn't want any of it to be filmed. He actually wanted the coronation to not be on television, but actually it was the Queen herself and members of the royal family that actually wanted it to be shown publicly. But there was one part that actually wasn't shown, you're probably aware, and that was the anointing. It's a very intimate, very personal and kind of incredibly symbolic and incredibly powerful powerful moment that was kind of off the main screen. What happened was, many of you remember this, this golden canopy is held by four knights, knights of the garter, and it's suspended above and around the monarch. And with the abbey silence at that moment, the, the Archbishop of Canterbury is handed an ampulla, which is this kind of beautiful, ornate um, oil jar of oil. It's in the shape of an eagle made out of solid gold. Now, what you might not know, and I only found this out this weekend, and I thought it's particularly appropriate to share it here, is that legend had it, which means it almost certainly wasn't true, but legend has it that it was a vessel that was given to St. Thomas of Becket by the Virgin Mary. This is where it gets a little bit more tenuous slightly. <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in a vision whilst travelling in France. It was then lost and recovered, allegedly, by the Black Prince at the Battle of Poitiers in 1356. Beautiful legend. More likely it was made um, in 1661 for the coronation of Charles II. But I like the first bit about it being given to St Thomas of Becket here. It's very appropriate for us, isn't it? But either way, this beautiful eagle, this golden eagle with the oil inside, is, is kind of handed and the, and the Archbishop prays over this. And the Archbishop prays this prayer. This is what he said at the coronation. O Lord and Heavenly Father, the exalter of the humble, and the strength of thy chosen, who by anointing with oil didst of old make and consecrate kings, priests, and prophets to teach and govern thy people Israel. Bless and sanctify thy chosen servant Elizabeth, who by our office and ministry is now to be anointed with this oil and consecrated queen. Strengthen her, O Lord, with the Holy Ghost, the Comforter. Confirm and establish with her thy free and princely spirit, the spirit of wisdom and government, the spirit of counsel and ghostly strength, the spirit of knowledge and true godliness, and fill her, O Lord, with the spirit of thy holy fear, now and forever, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. That feels like to me a prayer that was answered, doesn't it, in our Queen? Really, really beautiful. Wisdom, government, counsel, strength, knowledge, true godliness, and a spirit of holy fear of the Lord. They're things that we see so strongly in her. And at that moment, having prayed over the oil, the, the, the Archbishop then anoints um, the Queen on the palm of her hands, doing a cross, on the top of her breast, and then on the top of her head, the crown of her head, anointing her with oil. And he, says this, he said this blessing as he does that. O Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who by his Father was anointed with the oil of gladness above his fellows, by this holy anointing pour down upon your head and heart the blessing of the Holy Ghost and prosper the work of your hands, that by the assistance of his heavenly grace you may govern and preserve the peoples committed to your charge in wealth, peace and godliness 
and after a long and glorious course of ruling a temporal kingdom, wisely, justly and religiously, you may at last be made partaker of an eternal kingdom. Through the same Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. They're beautiful words, aren't they? It's a beautiful prayer. It's a prayer, I feel like, you know, we can say we saw that answered in our Queen. And the reason I wanted to share that kind of that prayer, which I had never really read in detail before, was this Pentecost Sunday, I'm reminded of what St. Paul wrote to Timothy. He said this in 2 Timothy 1.6, I remind you to kindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of hands. For God did not give you a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, love and self-control. Here, here St. Paul saying, Timothy, you know, you've been prayed for. And God has anointed you. Our queen shows us a wonderful example of a remarkable woman faithfully following her call of God, the call of God upon her life. And we see in her this ever mindful kind of realisation that she needs to stay close to the Lord and rely on his comforting presence and power. Her firm faith in Jesus as a personal saviour, as Lord, is clear. She shares that increasingly, doesn't she, in her Christmas messages. And it's clear that he's been a rock for her through very difficult times. And so in the challenging days that we live in and the difficult, complicated days that we live in, I'm convinced more and more that we also need the wisdom to look to God for his strength, for his empowering, for the guidance of the Holy Spirit that is available to each of us every day. It's my constant prayer. It's my daily prayer. Holy Spirit, please fill me again today. It's not just for queens, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's for each of us. We see in the um, Old Testament, fire is often a sign of judgment uh, and wind is a sign of power. And here we have the disciples, read so beautifully by Angela, we have the disciples gathered together and the Spirit fills them so much, so physically, that people in the crowd think that they're drunk. They think they're kind of filled with new wine. Peter stands up and explains to the crowds, they're not drunk, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. He clearly hadn't been to Freshers' Week at university. But here they are, and it looks like they're completely drunk. But Peter says, no, no, he assures them, we're not drunk. We're not drunk on, on kind of wine. This is the Holy Spirit, which is poured out for all of us. And the crowd are utterly bewildered, utterly amazed. And remember, they hear God's words being spoken in all of their own languages, the Parthians, the Medes, the Elamites, the Cappadocians, the Phrygians, the Pamphylians, I can do it as well. But you can see today is a reading that no one really ever wants to do on Pentecost Sunday. Angela, you did so well, so thank you so much for reading it so beautifully. But what this passage tells us is that the whole world is present at Pentecost. The gift of the Holy Spirit is for all people, not just for queens. The Last Supper, Jesus promised his disciples that God would be with them, personally, alongside them. The Comforter, the Holy Spirit. Did you notice that's what the Archbishop prays? The Comforter for the Queen. She certainly would say that God has been such a Comforter for her. And so the Holy Spirit gives confidence to those first disciples to boldly go out into the world, into difficult circumstances. And remember, most of them, many of them were chased and martyred for their faith, but they held firm because they knew God with them in the power of the Holy Spirit. And as Peter says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's good news for the world, good news for us. So today as we open ourselves to that same spirit, that same spirit that seeks to anoint us, we're asking God to lead us to do new things in our community, in his name, in our two churches, 
and all around us. In common worship, the service of uh, evening and morning prayer for Pentecost begins with these words. Send your Holy Spirit upon us and clothe us with power from on high. It's a really good prayer. It's my prayer for each of us. So this morning, as we celebrate Pentecost with our anointed Queen, the head of the church, as for her, may that also be our prayer and our experience. Lord, send your Holy Spirit upon us and clothe us with power from on high for your glory's sake. Amen.